Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning in to the show. Got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 49th edition of the Don't Kill the Messages podcast. First thing we're about to get into is the UFC. Uh, usually they have a pay-per-view on Saturday, uh, but they got it coming up on the 31st of this Friday. Um, I guess just for New Year's uh, celebration and whatnot. But uh, we're about to get right into UFC 207 pay-per-view. Uh, which which will have Ronda Rousey and Amanda Nunez covering the main event. Uh, but before we get to them, we would like to talk about Cruz versus Garbrandt. Um, Darnell, what do you think about this fight? That's interesting. Uh, it continues the the rivalry with uh, Dominic Cruz and Team Alpha Male, which is uh, Uriah Faber's gym. You know yeah. they. They had their long-standing rivalry, which uh, Cruz came out on top. You know, there's been back and forth with uh, with Gar Bryant here, and also who he beat for the title. T.J. Dillashaw was a former member of the, of uh, Team Alpha Male camp. Okay. Uh, they've they've had their run-in since their fight too. So uh, definitely interesting from that point. There's some bad blood already just because of that backstory and. Uh, it it is Garbrandt is basically a younger, better version of uh, Uriah Faber, I think. Okay. So, and he hits like a truck, and he has that never tired team alpha male style. Like like the other two mentioned, he seems to just be able to keep going. So, uh, definitely interested in seeing how this works out uh, to see if Dominic Cruz's stick and move style uh can take out another guy or can Garbrandt find find that one opening to lay him out or get him down and do one of those hard chokes that all the guys from that camp are known for. Yeah. Now who do you think will uh witness and uh why would you say? I'm probably still leaning Dominic Cruz just because Garbrandt, he, he's he's still kind of, like, I don't want to call him green because he, he definitely deserves the shot he's getting. Yeah. Uh, he, he's he's 10-0. and 0, So, yeah. I mean, guy, guy's not a slouch. But uh, just Cruz, just, right now he seems to just be one of those guys that's on another level for his weight class. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you know, anything can happen. So I, I'll probably go right along with what Vegas is doing here. I give a slight edge to, to Dominic Cruz. Yeah, I do like uh, watching Cruz um, in the ring, man. Just I'm just bouncing around, just sticking and moving uh, like he does. Uh, you know, I do see, you know, that's pretty much going to have him doing for the game plan of the fight. Uh, but, yeah, you brought up Cody, uh, you know, with him in his uh, hands and whatnot. So, yeah, he's going to have to use that if he doesn't want to get caught with some power uh, by Cody. So uh, this is going to be good, man. But, you know, if they're going to be standing up, you know, everybody has a puncher chance. So uh, he's going to have to watch out for his uh, hands of Cody if he wants to win. So he's really going to have to stick and move against him. So um, now who would you uh, – is there anybody else? Uh, you know, you were talking about he was – kind of green um is there any other guys in there that you would like to see fight Cruz uh, if he pulls it off i mean just the, the rematch people have been calling for him and dillashaw yeah uh you know dillashaw is lower on the card assuming he wins his fight which i i do figure will happen yeah. uh, when it 
I, I would like to see him step in, but I mean, like I said, Guy Bryant's not a slouch. Yeah. Uh, like he he has nine nine of his ten wins are by knockout, and seven of them are in the first round. So yeah. I mean, that's the kind of, that's the kind of power uh, Dominic's gonna have to avoid there. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, what can you say about uh, Garbrandt's uh, conditioning? Uh, you think he can last uh, possibly five rounds against a guy like Cruz? I say most. Li- I say most likely because of the camp he's in, but okay. he hasn't had to go. Yeah, uh, that long. I mean, I think the other two knockouts he had came in the second and third round. So, I mean, uh, ten fights. I, I don't think one has gone th- three. Maybe one has gone three rounds. Yeah. So. So, <laughs> so th- that just kind of tells you. I mean, we don't know. Like, yeah, <clears throat> Cruz is probably that type of guy that'll be able to take him in the deep water and see uh, if he has championship rounds in him. Like, how will he look in round four and five if he can't get that that early uh, knockout or, or or choke? Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, up next, we're about to get into Nunez versus Rousey. Uh, this is going to be pretty entertaining to see, man. Uh, she was the baddest chick in the UFC, uh, you know, prior to her loss to Holly Holm. Uh, so she's been out for a while now, man. Just going to be interesting to see how she's going to be coming back in the ring uh, from taking that little layoff that she had. So this is going to be an interesting fight for sure. Uh, how do you feel about this fight? I mean, I I think I'm as like I I I'm I'm as confused on this one as everybody else. Just as far <laughs> as what Rousey are we gonna see? Are we gonna see the uber confident Ronda Rousey that we saw pre Holly Holm, or yeah. are we gonna see some of the doubting herself and sulking and like? basically depressed that that she was in the following months after and through this whole hiatus uh, i mean like there there's evidence to look at both sides of it i mean everybody saw basically she she basically kind of went into to hiding for a while after the fight yeah and was limited in the couple interviews she gave i mean it, it was a different person that we're used to hearing from but I mean, on the other side, she's she's an Olympic athlete. So and, you know, she she didn't win a gold medal in judo. So she she's taken some tough losses. Yeah. And I mean, we 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 never got to really see her lo- lose on a big stage. I mean, for for what she was doing in the judo world, those are big losses. But she didn't have you know, cameras trying to follow her around and people seeking her out for interviews. So for all we know, when she lost in that gold medal round for judo in the Olympics, maybe she went through this whole same process. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess it's just, I hope we get the Rousey that we know, yeah. uh, but I, <laughs> I have no clue. Yeah. You know, I feel the exact same way, you know, it's just, if she's the, uh, hot, uh, Ronda Rousey after the Holly home, uh, situation coming into this fight, um, you know, I could see her getting whooped pretty badly. But before uh, the whole Holly Holm uh, fiasco area uh, getting knocked out, um, you know, she could be a beast. She can end the fight quick. So it's, you know, just that factor just coming into that fight, you know, that just makes me want to see it because it's just don't know what we're going to get. 
come Friday, man. So, yeah. exactly. Um, so who do you have winning? <clears throat> who? I mean, that like that's part of what makes this so hard for me to pick. <laughs> like, like Ronda, the Ronda we know. This is actually a pretty solid matchup for. Yeah, Nunez is aggressive, which that works better for her because then she can get her hands on somebody easy and go for a, a, a judo throw yeah. and get to going after arms. Uh, so, I mean, it's the opposite style of Holly Holm, who's a uh, a counter fighter, likes to stay outside and range uh, and, and keeps running the back, uh, which is, you know, a lot of people, how they analyze why she lost. So, yeah. I mean, this this matchup would be in her favor, but if she's coming in with any type of reservation and she's not herself, she's not confident, she's not on her P's and Q's, it could be lights out quick because, I mean, Amanda Nunez, she she hits like a truck. So yeah. if she catches somebody on the chin clean, it's, it's going to be a, a quick night. You can ask Misha Tate about that. Exactly. So... Yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from, man. Um, me, I do think, uh, you know, just hearing what Rousey's saying, you know, this is close to the end of her career. Um, I don't think she may be as passionate um, as she is, as she used to be, and just fired up like she used to. Um, it doesn't seem like she's, uh, you know, just, yeah, just fired up uh, like she is, you know, just, just coming to the end of her career. Um, so... I'm going to go with Amanda. I think she's just going to be confident. You know, she saw that um, Ronda Rousey is human. You know, she got knocked out before. Uh, so I think the fear is going to be gone um, from fighting Ronda Rousey. Uh, you know, she used to come into the ring. I think people will actually be afraid of her. And uh, I think that's gone right now. So I'm going to go with Nunez. Uh, but if this is the Rousey before Holly Holm, uh, she could definitely turn it up and uh, finish that fight quickly, you know, either knocking her out or with the arm bar or whatever. So, um, I'm going to go with Nunez, you know, she's a champ, but I just want to see how Rousey is when she comes into the ring. Um, you know, one thing you might be surprised about this, man, I used to hate Rousey's guts, but, um, it's after thinking about it, man, you know, with her just trash talking and stuff, you know, a lot of my favorite fighters in the history of just fighting, uh, trash talking stuff too. So I got to be consistent and everything, but, um, I'm going to go with Nunez, you know, even though, you know, Rousey, uh, she can definitely put it off if she's mentally there. So I think, you know, physically, I think she's going to be able to pull it off and win. But, you know, some fights are not just about what you can physically physically can do. You know, sometimes it's just about you being mentally there as well. So if she's mentally there, I think she can pull this off. Yeah, I would definitely. Uh, Rousey's going to be fighting herself as much as she's fighting uh, Nunez probably in this fight. Uh, first knockout like that, especially one that's that brutal and it's thrown all over television. Uh, you know, it's, it's in Holly Holmes' highlight reel forever now. Uh, yeah. Especially if she wins her next fight and becomes a champion again, like that's gonna be something submitted, cemented for her. Probably always will be anyway. But, but yeah, uh, that's that's a demon she's gonna have to exercise to to win this fight uh i mean she she's been in bad spots she's shown that she has some determination to get through things and i mean if you know anything about her like she didn't have like the the easiest life you know she had to deal with 
death in her family early and stuff. So, yeah. uh, you know, she's capable. It's just, is this, is she, does she still have her heart in it to want to overcome something like this and get past it? Yep, exactly. Um, now, if she does end up losing this fight, man, was this her, our last fight of seeing her uh, this Friday? Oh, yeah. Okay, no doubt in my mind. If she loses, she's she's calling it a day. Yeah, I can agree, man. Yeah, be yeah, be she did her thing, man. She definitely paved the way for women. But you know, yeah, after you know two losses, especially like a knockout, um, you know, yeah, I think it would be best if it's time for her to hang it up, man. Now, um, any other thoughts on UFC? No. Just wish uh, I could see Kane and Verdun, man. Um, but you know, yeah, as, as always, time. Kane is being Kane, getting injured. So, well, but he talked about it. that's basically what happened. Well, he didn't. He did an ESPN interview and talked about his back issues, and then that kind of <laughs> started the snowball effect where they took a deeper look into his meds and wouldn't license him. Oh wow. Yeah, I thought he like yeah was just uh, having issues with it, but yeah, just some. So if he would have kept his mouth shut, we probably would have saw him there. Yeah. Oh wow. So yeah, but you know, never want to play with your back, man. That's for sure. So I like to see him. You know, whenever you're fighting, you're never going to be at hundred percent. But yeah, your back is nothing to play with, man. Especially if you're trying to wrestle and whatnot. So just have to put it on hold, I guess, man. Yep. All right, up next, we're about to get into NCAA football. Um, well, I'd first like to talk about with you guys, uh, just uh, we had one of the guys like Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he re- did not want to play um, in the bowl games uh, to help, you know, didn't want to risk injury and whatnot. Um, how do you guys feel about athletes not playing in the bowl games? I'm okay with it, honestly. Uh, when you have guys looking at, a, you know, the next step in their career being the NFL, uh, why risk something for a, in essence, meaningless bowl game? I mean, I understand, you know, people are, you know, paying money to watch a play. I mean, it's the same thing that LeBron's getting a lot of flack for right now with the rest. Uh, yeah. Granted, a little bit of a different situation, but I think it all boils down to the same kind of deal. You know, some people are going to be angry and upset about it, but, uh, you know, if they were to get hurt and somehow end their career, then it all starts to go the opposite way. Well, why did they play? Why are these guys playing in a bowl game? So really, I have no problem with it. They're looking out for their best interest, and that's the NFL. So uh, personally, I have no problem with it. Uh, Would I like to see them play? You know, him, Fournette, uh, and potentially others. Yeah, I would love to see them play. But they're not really playing for anything at this point. Unless you're playing in the playoff, you're not playing for anything. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm along those same lines. You know, with most stuff, I'm usually on the player's side as far as college sports go. Uh, I mean, bowl games are definitely fun. It's, it's a great time of year to watch these games, but more and more of these kids are actually, they're learning that they have to be businessmen early before they even start making a paycheck. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I re- especially especially for the two main individuals that are doing this, Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette, they play the position with the shortest average lifespan in football. 
Mm-hmm. And especially Fournette, who LSU, he was their offense, so they ran him into the ground. Who knows how many carries that kid has left in him. Um, he's a big boy. He's probably a first-round pick, uh, probably a top-10 pick uh, for somebody. So I think he was just making that business decision. Uh, you know, yes, it, it'd be nice to play in that last ball game, but he takes that wrong hit, takes a helmet to the knee or something else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, we saw it with, uh, I can't remember, uh, the linebacker that uh, the Jags drafted. Uh, can't remember his name, but, uh, they, they said basically his injury that he got in the bowl game cost him $17 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Miles, Miles Jack? Miles Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miles yeah. Jack. So, yeah. I mean, that that's kind of proofs right there. The chance you take. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, like, I, I, it, you might have some issues popping up from me, maybe if, like, if it was somebody from one of the top four teams, so they have a championship to play for, uh, where some that some hardware that's actually still the game, yeah. uh, but yeah, if if you're in one of the other bowl games, even even a New Year's Six game, if <laughs> these these kids have played there three four years and have played for their coach making multi million dollars, and they've made their school billions, they've sold jerseys for the schools, they they're making the decision to protect their their earning potential. That's yeah. how I look at it. Uh, if I had a kid that was uh, in business school or a scientist and some giant firm said, hey, I know you have, if, if you're on some team for the college and you have a competition coming up next month, but we'll offer you a six-figure salary if you come Monday, I'm telling my child to go. Yeah. And I, I would think the same thing with the NFL. If you have a, a running back child that's, destined for the NFL and it's going to be a high draft pick. He's taking his life in his hands. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a serious statement. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, I think, yeah, yeah. you know, like to, to an extent you can almost equate it to the one and done in college basketball. There's yeah. they're, they're playing the shortest amount of possible time they can to get to the NBA. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. here it's, you're choosing to sit out potential for these guys, it is their potential last college game, but it's the idea that they're just trying to get to the next level. Yeah. And I'm, if you're trying to make it, like like you said, Darnell, you don't blame someone for trying to make it when they know they're going to make it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, it, I guess it comes down to, like, for any person, what do you go to college for? To get prepared for that job you want to make whatever the dollars you want to make they went to school with the possibility of playing football they know that they can get that deal they can they can get in with a team come next season and have a high spot yeah why Mm -hmm. why put yourself through any more damage yeah yeah i can definitely agree with you guys too and you know I believe in next man up as well, you know, that the guy who's the backup for whoever's doing that, uh, this could be their time to shine as well. So uh, guys has some big uh, entertaining uh, bowl games so far this um, year. So be good for the backups or whatever to do their thing as well. Um, but do you guys think in any way, shape or form, this could hurt the guys stock 
a draft stock by sitting out a bowl no. game? Okay. Yeah, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if anything, these NFL scouts should be thanking them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if you don't know what you're going to get out of these two guys, you've never heard of them or watched them play before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how how many thirty carry games has Fournette had, and how many games where basically McCaffrey had all of the offense? <laughs> yeah. They're they're going to give all that they have on the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Um. We're about to talk about next is uh tie squad. Uh the University of Michigan are gonna be playing Florida State. Um what do you guys thoughts on this game, man? I uh, know Tyler, you're really hyped up, man. You think they're gonna blow him away. So <laughs> yeah, hey, confidence is key. <laughs> but but you know, I, there there are a couple things that I think Michigan is going for them. Uh, and and I think first of all it starts with uh, Don Brown, defensive coordinator. Coming from Boston College, he was in the ACC, so He's seen Florida State. Uh, he knows what they like to do. Uh, you know, he's familiar with the conference, and you know, you got to know all those coaches talk to each other when they're when you're in a conference, and you kind of talk about what's going on and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I think Don Brown's going to draw up some great stuff on defense, some nice, uh, you know, blitz packages. He he loves to blitz. Um, yeah, I think they're going to put a lot of a lot of pressure on Francois, the quarterback for Florida State. Uh, I think they're going to try and force him to throw the ball as much as they can by stacking the box against Dalvin Cook. Uh, one thing Dalvin Cook is pretty good at is running on the outside off the tackles. Uh, so they're really going to have to try and contain Dalvin Cook on the inside. And if, if they can contain Dalvin Cook, uh, things should go fairly well for Michigan. Uh, and, and I like that. So... I think I think Don Brown's going to be deemed a genius after this one. So a lot of people already call him that, but uh, I I think he's going to have a really good showing for the defense here. Um, and then also I, I think just some rest for Michigan would do them well. You know, heartbreaking defeat to Ohio State. Um, Wilton Spate was hurt, and it was obvious. Now he's had a month to rest up. So. You know, the rest is good for both sides. In all reality, it's good for all the teams that play in a bowl game. Uh, I, don't, I think all the coaches like the extra availability to just practice, do some run-throughs, rest up a little bit, uh, but still keep the focus. Uh, and and I, I told you this the other day, Trey, when I saw you, you know, if, if there's one coach I would not want to give a month to prepare for my team, it would be Jim Harbaugh, yeah. uh, Nick Saban, or Urban Meyer. The, those would be the three I would not want to face after a month of preparation. So. Um, I think Michigan's going to come ready. Uh, I liked what I saw in their bowl game last year against Florida, so I think they're going to pull a you know a Florida sweep here in two years, and uh, I think they're going to end the season on a high note. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would. I think Michigan is probably the favorite going into this game. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of game plan uh, Florida State comes out with this because. Mm-hmm. Probably their best chance to win is trying to get Michigan spread out as much as possible. Uh, even though they have a weapon like Cook, I don't think it'll be smart to try to go into the strength, of, which is that front four. So I, I see a lot of uh, a lot of him being used as a receiver. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. 
a lot of outside stuff because if there's a way to get going on Michigan, if if you, it's getting the linebackers moving laterally, uh, yeah, they're they're not the best in that way outside of Peppers and his closing speed. Uh, probably the best is to get those guys moving. Though there have been some teams that were able to run inside on Michigan, uh, but I mean I'm not I'm not sure if. They have a good line. I'm just not sure if they have the line of that caliber. To... Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll agree there. There have been some teams that have been able to, and and it's tough to judge because Michigan will go through stretches in a game where their defensive line looks brilliant and it looks like they're a bunch of you know day one freshmen too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be one of those moments where I feel like if Michigan sets the tone early, they'll be fine. But if they get pushed around early and Dalvin Cook ropes off a couple twenty yarders or something like that, it, it could be it could be fairly shaky. But uh, like you said, you know, using Dalvin Cook in the past, that's going to be big for Florida State. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to you know run a lot of play action or a lot of trickery to try and move away from Jabril Peppers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've seen a few teams attempt to do that. Some reverses, uh, you know, either play action you know, have him bite on the inside and then throw it over top in the middle. Uh, there, there's just many ways you can try and attack that, but it's also very tough. Like I said, with uh, Don Brown disguising coverages, he's he's also fairly good at that. Blitzing's a specialty, but he can disguise coverage as well. And it, it just seems like Jabril Peppers has a nose for the ball. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there because you can almost bet they're going to try and play a keep away game from him. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Um, any other thoughts on this game? Outside of the playoff games, probably the one I'm looking forward to most. Okay. Yeah, a, a lot of a lot of people are saying that this game has the. I honestly feel like this game has the ability to be very high scoring or very low scoring. It's going to be one of the two. Yeah. Like it, it could be you know twenty one seventeen, or it could be forty five thirty five. All right, next game we're about to get into uh, is LSU versus Louisville. Um, I feel as if both sides uh, have something to prove. Uh, my man Lamar Jackson, he won the Eisman, but, you know, he's been playing iffy the last couple of games that he's been in. Uh, he's had a tough loss against Kentucky, uh, but still pulled off the Eisman as, as well. But um, Ed Orgeron for LSU, uh, he was not their first choice to be the head coach. Um, but you know, they ended up getting them. So this could be a huge statement game for him as well for either side. If they could, whoever pulls off the win, uh, what do you, how do you guys feel about this game? Well, I mean, from the topic we were talking about earlier, the complexion of this game changes a lot, uh, with, uh, was it, was it, uh, trying to think who is it uh juice or you guys how do you pronounce that last name oh, uh, yeah yeah uh instead of Leonard Fournette so I mean that's that's gonna be something there seeing how he he's a very good running back uh yeah. but you know he's not a hammer like Fournette that you know makes people hate to tackle him yeah mm-hmm. so I mean it, changes the complexity a little bit and especially if you have two very good running backs now you're down to one yeah. uh unless unless they have another gym uh hiding down there that we didn't see uh, a lot of <laughs> which which is possible with an SEC team you know 
Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm interested to see how LSU handles not having uh, a star like that with them. And does it give Louisville a little more confidence uh, defensively? Uh, do they feel like they might be able to do better against the run and get off the field more, which, you know, at times LSU's offense has been very anemic. Uh, they they start to show life later in the year, but, you know, it's, it's not too far off in our mind from a lot of games where they seem to not be able to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'll follow up there too, you know, being able to prepare for an LSU team without Leonard Fournette is, you know, it, it basically is a relief uh, in many ways. You know, like you said, there could be somebody step up that we've never even heard of that happens in college, that happens in the NFL, that just happens in every level of football out there. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, is there somebody that takes a huge step for LSU and handles the run game or, um, you know, do they find a passing game out of nowhere because not having Leonard Fournette and already knowing that the passing game is very mediocre to bad, uh, it, it, it should help give that defense a little bit of confidence. If they get early pressure on the quarterback and force LSU to run the ball, that's going to be a long day for LSU. Now, how do you think their uh, passing will, uh, yeah, just their passing will do against uh, Louisville? I don't have high hopes for it. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have high hopes if they played anybody. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, in 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 reality, though, like we've seen Louisville's defense give up the big plays. Um, you know, I think you look at as of late the Kentucky game; they gave up a few big ones. So the ability to pass on them is there. The ability to run on them is there. Um, I, I just think that. They're going to have to give the quarterback plenty of time to throw. They're going to have to really on high percentage plays. They're not going to be able to be throwing 20, 25 yard post patterns all day because they can't. Uh, so it, it, in my opinion, they just got to run high percentage plays uh, and, and uh, they have to execute. Got to run good routes. So a lot of, a lot of three step drop and get rid of it. If, yeah. Quick, if I, yeah. Yeah. Rollouts. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and and I think we're we're gonna need one of those performances from LSU's defense like they had against Alabama. Oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah that defense was stellar, man. You know, oh, yeah. I I don't think I I think we'll all agree. You know, probably the matchup's gonna be those linebackers against Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot, a lot of games in the run game. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which, if, if there's a defense that can do it, they're one of the ones that should be able to. I mean, they they have probably the second best run seven in the mm-hmm. in the country after Alabama. So they did a pretty good job against uh, you know, Bama's quarterback. You know, he has some you know, he's not on Lamar Jackson's level, but you know, he's a pretty good passer. He can make some plays with his feet too. But he did he did make yeah. had cost some plays um at the end. But that was a good test for them to prepare for a guy like Lamar Jackson. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, just have to see, man. Find out. Um, any other thoughts or anything on this game, guys? 
this one sh- this one could be very entertaining, especially if the LSU defense shows up, kind of like we said. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, it'll be a great cap to the season for Lamar. Yeah. All right. Up next, we get into the playoffs. Uh, first game that we're about to talk about is Clemson versus Ohio State University. Uh, how do you guys feel about this? Well, it's probably the matchup everybody feels is closer out of the two playoff games. Yeah. A uh, little bit of mirror image, I guess, uh, going against each other. Two uh, very athletic offenses, solid defenses. Probably OSU has a little bit of a faster and more active defense, I would say. Uh Clemson wins on the quarterback side, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a close game, a fun game, too. Uh, want to see what Deshaun Watson can do. Uh, definitely want to see what JT Barrett and Weber and Samuel can can accomplish when they have the offensive uh, possession. Should be fun, but I'm, I'm leaning more uh, towards the Buckeyes on this one. Yeah, kind of to your point there on the defense is if we look at just some efficiency numbers, uh, Clemson is ninth in, def- in defensive efficiency and Ohio State is second. So I think you're pretty spot on with that analysis. Both really good defenses, both play great man-to-man coverage, both play nice zone, uh, both can stop the run. Uh, you know, so very, very similar style of teams, both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, if we look at offensive efficiency, Clemson actually has the edge. And like you said, uh, Deshaun Watson's probably got the quarterback edge there. Offensively, Clemson's 10th, Ohio State's uh, 16th. So I think this game's going to come down to who makes a big special teams play. Um, whether it's a, you know, a 60-yard kick return that puts the ball at the, you know, 35-yard line or you know, just uh, something. I think it's going to have to be just a play that doesn't come from the offense or the defense. It could be, a, you know, a turnover, a fumble, a kickoff, or something like that. I think it's going to take something like that because I, I expect this one to be – I actually expect this one to be a little bit higher scoring. Uh, I expect both teams very close to and most likely in the 30s. Um, so, but – Unlike Darnell, I actually think Clemson has a little bit of an edge here. Uh, you know, both both teams have experience being in the in the playoffs, so that's that's not the issue. But for me, I think it's more just uh, I think Deshaun Watson has. I think he rises to this stage. JT Baird's had some big games this year where he rose to the stage, and then he had some games where he was non-existent for three quarters. So he can't afford to do that. Uh, I'll take I'll take Clemson in this one, but uh, I think this is going to be a good game. Yeah, yeah, I do got. I, I actually I'm agreeing with Darnell. I have Ohio State um, winning this one, but I do think it'll be a close one. Uh, just man, just rolling whatever. But I think he's gonna got enough time to uh, had enough time to prepare. Kind of like what you were saying earlier, Todd. Mm-hmm. You know, with the coaches. Yeah. You know, if you get somebody a month, you know, 
uh, Saban, mm-hmm. Urban, you know, Harbaugh, you know, those are some guys you don't want to give a month to to prepare for your team. So I just think coaching, uh, I do like Dabo, you know, he's a, he's a great coach as well, but uh, I just think Urban, man, he's going to find a way to pull it out. So, mm-hmm. all right. Now, any other thoughts to add to this game, guys? It'll be exciting. Yeah, uh, definitely yeah. going to be watching that one for sure. This is uh, – yeah. To to your guys' point, real quick, um, Ohio State actually has a fifty five percent chance to be Clemson. So, okay, just fun little stat. You still sticking with Clemson after seeing that man? Yeah, absolutely. All right, okay. All right, up next, uh, we got Bama versus Washington. Uh, it's gonna be interesting, man. Uh, you know, a lot of people have Bama just whooping the daylights out of Washington, but I kind of think this is a sleeper team uh, with their passing ability. Uh, they could get it going. Uh, I, me personally, I think it goes to their O line. If their O line could give the quarterback enough time to uh, pass and give him uh, time to set his feet and everything, uh, it could be lethal because uh, Browning uh, does a beast. But just have to see how their secondary, Bama secondary is going to do against the passing of Washington. I mean, I, I don't want to trash Washington either. Uh, they deserve to be there. Uh, they beat teams in front of them. I know a lot of people question their schedule and everything, uh, but they earned it. But uh, I, I'm i feeling like deja vu from my school last year. Uh, I think we earned our way into it, and, and we ran into a team that we had no business playing. And I think it might turn out that way. Browning is a good player, very good quarterback, NFL-level talent. And I think you hit it on the head. I just feel that their O-line is not going to be good enough to, to do, do anything with Bama's defense. Okay. Uh, it it does help that Alabama's lost a lot in their secondary. Uh, uh, two starters uh, through the year uh, have been hurt. Or or are not playing in this game, so I mean, if if they were to by chance get Browning enough time to get off on some passes, he, he will be able to do some damage because it's not the 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 level of secondary that uh, Bama had earlier in the year. They've had to do a lot of moving around and putting pieces in other places, but that front seven is still there and. On the other side of the ball, Alabama's old line is like Dallas light. Yeah. So uh, I'm not sure if they'll be able to get enough pressure to stop Alabama from scoring. Because yeah. mm-hmm. the, only, the only way I see Washington winning is if it's a shootout. I don't think their defense has a shot at stopping Alabama. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I would agree. They're solely based on the front seven. It's just they wear people down. And it gets to the point where it's almost embarrassing <laughs> for other teams. But, you know, interesting stat here, defense, defensive efficiency for Alabama, they're first. And it's the best defense in the last 10 years for yeah. Alabama. So we're looking at how many national championships have they won in the last 10 years? What, three? And this is the best defense they've had, efficiency-wise. Like, that's ridiculous. So offensively, they're not exactly there. They're 23rd. So their offense is definitely their weaker point. Uh, and I think some of that has to, to do with 
Jalen Hurts, not saying he's a bad quarterback by any means, but, you know, he, he doesn't have, you know, the best arm out there or the best feet out there, but he knows how to control the game and they rank second in game control. So, you know, things like time of possession, uh, yeah, that's, controlling that's the ball. They, they, yeah, part, like part of what limits hurts is his coach and Nick Saban. He will run the ball no matter what, yes. even even if yes. you have an offensive weapon like yeah. hurts. Yeah, yeah, and you know, even on top of that, they just don't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. They they protect the football. So, and to to agree with your point. Washington ranks second in offensive efficiency, so they need it to be a shootout. They need this to be high scoring. Mm-hmm. But with the front, however many Alabama wants to put on the defensive line, I just don't see it happening. Uh, I, I expect, you know, by the time midway through the third quarter rolls around, I expect Washington's offensive line to be holding up a white flag of some sort. Um, you know, I, like you said, I think this does draw some very good parallel to last year's game for Alabama in the playoff, but um, I, I expect Washington to score. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't, I don't see them getting a lot, maybe ten, maybe fourteen, uh, but I, I expect Alabama to be in the, be in the high twenties, low thirties. Yeah, I'm about to ask you guys, uh, you know, with the Lane Kiffin move, um, how big of a factor do you think that will play in Alabama's offense? Uh, oh, I mean, I think they're still going to get a, a Lane Kiffin game plan. I think he wants to leave with a with a ring. So, okay, so you think it's still yeah. going to be mentally okay there and everything? Yeah, the the only the only way that Lane Kiffin not being there will get very interesting if it's the fourth quarter and Alabama is losing. Because you know, at that point, Kiffin would draw something crazy. Yeah. He, he would he'd pull some trick play of some sort. Like I said, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, it'll be interesting if they get in the national championship game. I think it'll be more evident there than it would be here. Uh, but I do think there could be some situational moments where Lane Kiffin does look like he's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, but. Like I said, I expect Alabama to have enough control with the run game to where they don't need anything out of the ordinary. They just need to play Alabama football. And as far as Kiffin goes, I think it helps that he already knows he's got the job. He's not a a candidate that's hearing his name for a bunch of different schools right now. Yeah. Yeah. He knows where he's going next year. Deal's done there, so he can actually focus on this game. Yeah, so I, th- I think that that helps more yeah. than hurts. Yeah, um, no, and and you're right because you know sometimes coaches get a new job and they just check out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just was wondering if you guys think that was going to be uh, with Lane. So, um, no, I, I I see that happening, but okay. Uh, just also, uh, did you guys catch um, Nick Saban calling uh, Washington secondary Seattle Seahawk like? Yeah, I yeah. saw that. Uh, I think he was being very nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I feel like I feel like if you shake Nick Saban's hand, you know, you, you exchange some pleasantries. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that was like uh, I forget which Division two school he. Oh basically. yeah, he was talking about like yeah, not looking him over and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. and then they ended up beating him by fifty or something yeah. like that. He was yeah, like the, the coach talk one game yeah. at a time. Yeah. 
that's kind of, I mean, of course, like, not calling Washington a D2 team, but yeah. that, that's just along the lines where I see that Nick likes to over he, – he likes to pump teams up way more than he should, I guess. I don't know if it's to keep his team motivated or what, but, yeah, yeah calling – just because – they're in Washington. Washington they, yeah, so they're so they're not the Seahawks. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, any other thoughts on this game or any other NCAA news uh, before we move on? Well, I think I think we're pretty good. Okay. All right, we're about to get into the NFL. Uh, we kind of had. Very pleased to watch uh, Monday Night's football game, uh, you know, before it started, of course. But, uh, you know, with Tyler uh, representing, the, representing the Lions hard and, you know, Darnell representing the Cowboys hard. Uh, what did you guys think about this game once it started? I was shocked for about two quarters. <laughs> I mean, Detroit ran the football, something they've never done, yeah. at least this year. Yeah. Uh, Zach Zenner came out feisty fiery and scored a couple touchdowns uh stafford was kind of hurt finger stafford uh so i think we kind of knew what we were getting there based off his performance against the giants i mean he looked a little better than he did against the giants but still didn't throw for a touchdown um but yeah i mean detroit was there for two quarters uh i believe it was tied at the half yep um, and you know i think detroit got their hopes up and then Dallas turned the Jets on. It was over. So, you know, just one of those games where, you know, Lions looked like they were fighting for their life and Dallas looked like they were the number one seed and were proving it. So uh, I don't think it was really anything out of the ordinary. It was just I think Detroit fans had a really it's like when you have a sugar sugar rush and you get really hyped and then it just falls out from underneath and you're ready to go to bed. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, it Definitely the first half was was fun to watch. It was interesting. Zach Zenner all of a sudden turned into Mike Allstott and, you know, <laughs> blowing people up and unable to be tackled. Uh, so, I mean, that, that was crazy. A little bit unsettling for me since Dallas is actually usually pretty good at stopping a run, mm-hmm. seeing a, a third-string running back, you know, gash him for 60-some yards and a first half was was like whoa okay let's let's get it together here uh thought Stafford looked fine for the first half uh he he turned into Stafford from a couple years ago in the second half though I mean some you might be able to put on the finger some of it though was just bad decision absolutely yeah like I I know John Gruden for some reason likes it when he throws sidearm and stuff like that I've always hated it yeah. <laughs> uh, every now and then it works out where he, like, uh, I think it was a pass over the middle to to Lewis, uh, where he had to do it because he had a linebacker right in his face. I could deal with that one, but you know, Stafford just—I don't know—he he just started trying to do too much, uh, mm-hmm. rolling to the left and throwing across his body that the one that got tipped by card and intercepted in the second half. Uh, so, I mean, it was, it was a tale of two halves uh, for both teams. Uh, Dallas, their, their defense was basically getting worked. Uh, 
for the first half, and then the Lions' offense was looking amazing, and then it kind of flipped once the second half started. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only constant was Dallas's offense, and mm-hmm. I was I was surprised that they kept uh, Zeke and Dak in through uh, Zeke through the third played up until the end of the fourth and or end of the third and. Dak played the whole game, so that that was surprising for me, especially knowing that they had it locked up. But I guess they were staying true to their word that they wanted to get the young guys and keep them rolling, keep them with their reps. Uh, but that was the constant. Uh, Prescott uh, was probably his best game of the year, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of pe- a lot of people were starting to give him that uh, what I like to call Alex Smith, giving him that kind of captain check down type of role saying he doesn't throw uh beyond 10 yards or so but uh he showed some some deep passes uh to Dez and to Terrence Williams uh that first touchdown pass uh across the middle was mm. I feel like an amazing throw uh so I mean it was for on my side I feel really good about it especially how they finished the game uh but uh, you know, uh, being from here, I, I I'm worried for for Detroit's chances now. Yeah, about to get into that in a sec. But uh, before we do that, uh, Darnell, just ask, um, do you think they will uh, start the rookies um, this final week for them, or do you think they should rest I, them or what? I, I I figure they'll probably play at least start them. Okay, they, they may not play mm-hmm. the whole game, uh, but yeah, I, I do think they will be. Starting, they'll they'll play a few ser- series to a quarter, okay. then uh, then you probably get uh, Mark Sanchez coming in there. Uh, right. I don't think I don't think Romo plays. All right, I hate to see Dak uh, break a collarbone or something, man. But well, I, I, I'm pretty sure every Cowboy fan <laughs> was terrified that first run he where he went up the middle and. Pretty much got squashed by three linebackers. Yeah, I think that's what everybody <laughs> that likes Dallas held their breath. There was like, "Oh God, oh God." So, but they, they and played. every Detroit fan was going, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> break his collarbone." Yeah, but all right, but yeah, guys. you know, yeah. I, oh, well, go ahead, but, yeah, j- yeah. I was just gonna say real fast, you know, despite you know, losing the game and in reality going invisible in the second half. Um, I think Detroit still has a lot of positives there. I mean, they can hang around. They just need to have a smarter game plan in the second half. If they're, if, if they just get a little more efficient in the second half, like they're there. I mean, at, at one point they, they had the opportunity to make it up a 17 or a, a seven point game in the fourth, I believe. So, I mean, I think all they have to do is just stay efficient on offense, keep the chains moving. Uh, it does hurt that they don't have a run game, and it was literally nowhere to be found in the second half, and I think that's why we saw Stafford yeah. forcing the issue big time. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I just think that all they need is just a little bit of a better plan in the second half, uh, and I, I, I think we'll see that next week. I think We'll see a better second half. Okay. Have to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, I'm about to get into it, guys. Uh, we got a huge game this week, man, with the Lions and uh, Packers uh, to watch. Uh, how you guys feeling about this game? Y'all nervous? Y'all think it's a wrap? Uh, you know, what? what's going to happen? How you guys feeling? It's, yeah, it's a little unsettling for Lions fans. Uh, Packers are playing their best football of the season. Uh, we, as Lions fans, probably have the hardest closing schedule in the NFL. You know, we had to play the Giants, who were playing great football. Yeah. Then we play, despite losing last week, uh, their defense is playing really well. They'll be, they'll be a tough team, tough out in playoffs. Then we traveled. So we were at the Meadowlands, at Dallas, and then home to possibly the hottest team in football, Green Bay. Um, just very, very tough way to end the season. It makes you look back and say. Man, that one point loss to Tennessee is huge. Uh, that first loss to Chicago was huge. Yeah, you know, all, this is right now is the time all the Lions fans are looking back and saying this shouldn't have happened. So it's it's very unsettling, uh, but it's also very exciting in the same hand because the game got moved to Sunday Night Football, so it's prime time. Uh, we just got off of a prime time game, so that is going to kind of be gone. That whole buzz around the primetime thing's going to be gone because last week was our first primetime game all year. Uh, and then, you know, the crowd's going to be amped, hopefully uh, be loud enough to <clears throat> disrupt that offense for the Packers and draw some false start penalties and uh, hopefully pump up the Lions enough for four quarters. Yeah, I mean, even though I'm a Cowboys fan, I do still root for the Lions. Uh, when they're not playing them, uh, I, I feel terrible about this game. I just, I, I, I think both teams are trending in opposite directions right now, and that, that makes me very nervous. Uh, like, of course, uh, it sounds like Slay might be back. Uh, they're gonna need him, uh, especially with how like Jordy Nelson is back to being Jordy Nelson now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know they're they're going to need all the help they can get, and the Lions defense their 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 pass rush is going to have to be on because the pass know, coverage is going to have to be on as well. That pass coverage is awful. Oh, yeah, exactly. But I mean that's that's why I'm putting more on the pass rush. Yeah, to that's not fair. so they don't have to cover as long. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Force yeah. Aaron Rodgers left. Yeah, we're struggling right now. Yeah, so you know, get get him moving or or falling down. <laughs> get, him, get some get some hits on him. Uh, I, yeah. I think the Lions' pass rush is is going to be huge here. Uh, it's two teams that, well, I mean, Ty Montgomery has been a surprise for them. So they they seem to have found a running game there, uh, but they're not quite as scary running the ball. But you know the way Rodgers and Jordy are playing right now, it, it's it's scary. And you know Stafford hasn't had his best two games. Uh, he looked a lot better in the first half against Dallas, like I said. But uh, wheels kind of came off in the second half, where you know he was he was throwing some ill-advised balls, and you know and there were some drops here and there. So you know they're gonna have to pick it up and. If they can find find some sort of a running game, they have to figure out a way to keep it going. Uh, mm-hmm. They they can't just be a 
a one half team. They have to play four quarters. Yeah. And I'll even tell you, I'm going to watch zero pregame because all I'm going to see are highlights of that Hail Mary pass from last year. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, hey, I'm all I'm, all I'm going to say is it worked for me watching zero pregame for Michigan versus Michigan State this year. It's, it, it worked. So I'm, I'm not going to watch any pregame. Anytime they talk about it, I'm going to turn the channel. It's just, it's, it's about tonight or it'll be about that night. It's not going to be about what happened last year. So hopefully uh, the Lions can keep that Hail Mary out of their minds and just take it to the end. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, before we end, you know, uh, with the, our pickums. um, we were about to get ready to start the show, and Tyler brought it up, man. So, but we we feel, uh, you know, we fell for the Browns too. But we got to congratulate them on that win. Uh, they pulled it off, so they weren't going to join us with the O for sixteen, but they were close, mighty close, man. You know, and I think it's even exciting that they won it off of a blocked field goal, like a yeah. great, a great yeah. special teams play. It's like, hey, you earned it. It's they, not like they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I got a feel. Yeah, hey, I, I would have to assume. I mean, just being around here, like I, I know, still some people wear it as like a badge of honor around here. Like they treat it like the, the undefeated Dolphins. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt. Yeah, I felt pretty terrible after we we put out a, a squad that went over sixteen. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Especially since Cleveland has has turned their luck around, uh, it, it's good that they didn't have to throw that big blemish. That, yeah. that you had a team that couldn't win a game after um, mm-hmm. winning winning a, a NBA championship and getting to the World Series and all that. Yeah. yeah, and and the benefit for the Browns is whether you go zero and sixteen, one and fifteen, or two and fourteen, you're still getting the number one pick. Yep. Yeah, that's for sure. Where they'll feel, where they'll blow it again. <laughs> Somebody might want to think about pulling an Eli Manning. Yeah, <laughs> I will not play for you, John Elway, Bo <laughs> Jackson. Now, now it's time to pull your weight. Exactly. Hopefully, somebody can play baseball too. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Or threaten to go to the Canadian League or Arena. <laughs> it's happened before. Yeah. All right, guys, you ready for the pickums? Let's do yeah. it. Hey, I made a big comeback last week. So yeah, this is we're all close, man. Well, we're all pretty close for you know both NCAA and uh, the NFL. But yeah, mm-hmm. final week. Um, let's get to it. But first, you know, Darnell and Tyler they're both tied with forty two out of seventy eight, and I'm two behind them with forty out of seventy eight. So all pretty close. Um, first game we're about to get into is Lions versus uh, Green Bay. Um, who do you guys have? Got to stick with them. All right, Ty. Give me the Lions. I'm rooting for them, but I'm picking <laughs> Green Bay. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I, let me put it this way. I won't be surprised if Green Bay wins at all. 
honestly. Just, you know, and, and that that's me just being an honest fan. Like, I, I'm not going to sit around all day and say the Lions are the best team in the NFC North because in reality they're not. It's just they got off to a faster start than Green Bay did. And, you know, I'll I'll happily admit that. But, hey, we're, we're here week week 17 if with they a chance play, for it. So. If they play a good whole game, they have a shot. It's yeah. just yeah, no, I, I can't trust them to do it. I don't blame you for not trusting them. Yeah. I, I do it out of pure blind faith. Never seen it before, but yeah. <laughs> the faith is there. Uh, for me, I'm going with Green Bay as well, man. They're just looking hot right now. But uh, Lions, hey, they beat them before. They could do it again. So just have to see they're going to have to bring their A game because these guys are looking mighty yeah. hot. And and they won't lay Green Bay won't lay off the gas either. Exactly. You know that. Oh, no, no, for yeah. sure. They'll put up fifty if they can. Yeah. Um. Up next, we have Houston versus Tennessee. Who you guys have? I have. Oh. I'm going with Houston. I get my. Yeah, me as well. Mariota's out. Yeah. No. No Mariota. I'm going. I'll take. Houston. I'll take Tom Savage. Yeah. All right. Um. Up next, we have the Giants versus Washington. This one's interesting, I think. I think this is one of the more interesting picks. Washington needs it. The Giants are in. Do they rest? Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'll go with Washington. I think they'll play all their guys for four quarters and secure the win if they can. Yeah, yeah I'm going with Washington as well, just for the, the need factor. Uh, the Giants are locked into their spot no matter what, win or lose. So uh, they probably will take the time they have an they have an older team especially on offense so they probably take the time to get some guys some rest so i'm going to watch them all right i'm gonna go with the giants uh just think they're gonna just pull through um so just have to see plus i need to catch up i was gonna say plus you have to (laughs) (laughs) all right um up next we have nola uh versus atl yeah, uh, the game is in Atlanta, but uh, I believe Atlanta already has their playoff spot. So, uh, am I correct on that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe they already won that division. So, I won't be surprised if a couple of players take some rest, a la Julio Jones, who is... Uh, been dealing with that toe issue. Yeah, yeah, he was struggling with the toe. So, even, even if they play a quarter or something, I think New Orleans is still just going to try and show some pride here at the end. Yep, you are. Yep, they are. Just to make sure, yeah, they do have it on lock. So, yeah, yeah, going with Nolans as well. Uh, they they try to go out on their shield and Breeze tries to throw for four or five hundred yards or so. So, all right, <laughs> do something great. <laughs> yeah. Okay, me. I'm going with ATL. So, uh, just going with them. Um, up next, we got Carolina versus Tampa. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm going with Carolina on this one. Yeah, this one will be interesting. Tampa has to win, and I think five other things have to happen for them yeah. to get in. I know, I know, uh, something like the Colts have to win. Uh, I think Washington has to win. No, well, I think Washington has to lose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and some crazy three other things, but uh, I think 
and with Carolina out of it, I don't know who's going to play, who's not going to play, how long they'll play. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go Tampa here. I'm going with Tampa just off the basis of they're a better team and they want they want to try to make the playoffs. Um, yeah. Carolina, they've shown flashes of being that team that we saw last year, but overall they're just not very good. Okay. You think they possibly might uh put Cam on ice this game since they really don't got nothing to play for? It's a possibility. I mean, okay. especially with, you know, all the very covered hits he's taken through this season. Yeah. Why why set him up for more damage? But he's okay. he's but Cam's a prideful guy, so uh he may just want to be out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um last but not least we have Oakland versus Denver. I feel bad for Oakland, man. That car, man. That was yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. That's that's tough for sure. Uh these mm-hmm. guys were high, so this is yeah, just exactly. He's hurt, man. So, well, who you guys have? Yeah, yeah I'm gonna go. I'll with take. Bron- oh, just go. Go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the Broncos here. Uh, we might have a little bit of a situation where Oakland kind of rah rahs together to try to show that they can still do things, but I mean that they. I, th- I think if they win, they have a two seed. If they lose, they drop to like a five seed, possibly. Oh, uh, so, I mean, they, they are going to have something to play for. Uh, but I think Denver wants to just come out and fight as well. And that defense versus Matt McGloin, I think I'm I'm going with, with Denver. Okay. Yeah, so it looks like for me and Darnell on the pick, I'm just coming down to that Lions game. So <laughs> yeah. give me that, De- give me Denver as well. Yeah, I am going with. I will go with Oakland. This will be the game to put me on top above that you guys. So. That wins it for you. Yeah, this is gonna be the one that wins it for me. So I'm going with Oakland. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, any other things you have to say for the NFL? No, that is. See the regular season over. Yeah. yeah, I love to see my Ravens in the playoffs, man. They had some close games. They should uh, could have uh, won for sure, but have to wait next year, man. So my squad. Steve, is, Steve Smith is supposedly hanging it up again now. Yeah, then yeah, I, mean, I think dude, he was he was having some great games this year, man. He just had an absolutely amazing career. Uh, I would love to see him uh, go out there and play again for the Ravens next year, but I would definitely understand. But that guy, he was he was just amazing to watch, you know, for the Ravens and uh, Carolina. So, and uh, it's a better finish this year, you know, exactly with the injury, rupturing yeah. an Achilles or something. So, yeah, yeah. so definitely, uh, yeah, hate to see him go, man. But I completely understand it. So, you know, best of whatever decision uh, he makes, you know, best of luck to him. So, for sure. All right, now to close it up, uh, got the new year coming up. Just was wondering, uh, do you guys have any New Year's resolutions, sports wise or just personally? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not usually one for big resolutions for myself. Just you know, try to do better. Yeah. That's basically what I always say for myself. Yeah. yeah. Whatever I do, so you yeah. just start this podcast, try to be better and more informed at that better all around all right yeah 
Yeah, I feel you there. I'm kind of in the same boat. Don't not usually one for resolutions, but you know, just seeing the world around us right now, you know, definitely uh, just try to be kind to everybody. You know, be understanding to everybody, and you know, just try and you know make the world a better place, one person at a time, one experience at a time, and one interaction at a time. You know, you can't tackle everybody at once. So, yeah. you know, that that's definitely one thing. And I, I guess if we got to throw a sports thing in there, you know, uh, I'd say, you know, Michigan football is getting a pretty good recruiting class. Uh, I'd like to see them do well in 2017. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping for a really good March Madness in 2017, similar to what we had last year. Uh, great Final Four, great championship. Yeah, we're uh, great start college talking football. about that more too. So yeah, you know another great college football final. You know, just for for sports, I just want all the championship games to be exciting, memorable, yeah. uh, something big to happen. You know how it is. You know when championship games games are great, the sports become great again. So yeah, so hear you there. Um, just for me, you know personally, always, you know, I'm I'm not really a New Year's resolution guy as well. Uh, you know, I just believe every day. Uh, but believe me, getting better every day. So, you know, whether it's a new year or just a plain, just regular day, you know, just get better. So that's not really a big thing for me. Um, but one thing for sports I would like to do um, that I would choose, I would say just for me, I would like to, uh, for next year, um, I would like to follow women's sports more. Um, I talk, yeah, I talk, we know, we always, you know, we praise the LeBron James a lot and everything. And, uh, you know, the, uh, Aaron Rodgers and f- such, but you know we had some uh, women doing great things as well. You know, one with Ronda Rousey, what she's did for MMA for women. Um, I've watched a lot of her, um, her fights. But you know, having uh, I know Serena Williams with her greatness. I haven't really you know sat down and just watched her greatness. Um, you know, even though I heard a lot of things about her, um, got some great women doing uh, a lot of great things out there. You know, in sports and you know outside of sports. So. Like just sit there, uh, sit down, check them out uh, for some games a lot more this year. So, man, we got to support our ladies. So, that's my resolution sports alliance. All right, here, here's one I will do for both of you guys. I will do this, and I will stick to it. In 2017, I'll get into MMA. I'll All do right. it. <laughs> I'll do it. All right, Ty. I'll, I'll let I'll let it I'll let it be your guys' wheelhouse, but I'll I'll get in on it. I'll get in on that conversation. I can say, man, so far, man, uh, you know, like last year for sure, um, you know, I wasn't still not, you know, as good on NCAA uh, basketball as you guys, but there have been some great games so far this year, man. Um, Just fun, you know, especially um, like it's fun right now, but especially when, uh, you know, you mentioned the time when March Madness gets here, um, it's going to be, you know, on steroids. So, you know, compared to just uh, the games that they're having this year. So, um, definitely uh, the NCAA basketball games that I've watched so far this year, um, they've been pretty great. Um, so just to see some of those small schools uh, just in the regular season compete. Um, and when, you know, I know Michigan State, uh, they I forgot the name of the school, but they had a uh, close game with a small school like the beginning of the year. Um, just some other ones too, man. Uh, you know, South Kentucky, they lost some key games. You know, just some fun. Uh, just talented uh, guys out there just giving it all on the court. So definitely uh, it's been a pleasure to watch those guys uh, play 
college basketball, man. It's just been fun. You heard it here first, Darnell. I'm going to watch more MMA. Train's going to watch more college basketball. All right. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. Good. Some big steps. Wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, just any other final thoughts? No. Everybody have a good New Year. Yep. Same. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah. As always, you know, appreciate you guys. Um. Listening. Um. You know, you can check us out on Twitter. You can uh, follow us at DKM underscore Cast. Um. You can also find our podcast basically everywhere. Um. YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, tune in. You know, just. Hit us up in the search engine. Don't kill the messages podcast. You should find us. So, and also uh, check out my cousin. Um, if you're in the cars, um, he's on YouTube. Uh, you can check him out under the Black Scat Pack. So, but as always, guys, uh, peace out. Appreciate y'all for listening. Take care. <laughs>